Right now, you can get Black Friday deals all month at Hurston's Kia. If you're looking for a new car, check out the great deals at Hurston's Kia. They have 0% financing available and leases starting at only $99. Check them out at Hurston'sKia.com. Hello, my little friends. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. Boston became the latest city to move its public school system entirely online after a coronavirus spike. The transmittal rate to the teachers is uh, very small, but I want to open the schools. We have to open our country. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships relationships inappropriate or unethical nothing was unethical and by the way so far i respect very much the way you handling this i don't look at this in terms of what you blue states and red states they're all the united states and look at the states that are having such a spike in coronavirus they're the red states well that was some debate last night wasn't it And I actually mean that sincerely. That was some debate last night. That was a really good what a presidential debate should be thing. Bravo. Everyone involved in it. That means the president. That means the former vice president. That means the moderator. That means the crowd. That means the location. Everything. Great debate last night. We're obviously going to spend a lot of time today talking about it. We got a thousand sound clips to go over. Poor Dave. Suck up Dave's in for lightning today. She's got the day off from us. She was working early in the morning for some RKO stuff. And uh, he's been pulling clip after. Dave, it it must seem like you've watched this debate ten times with the amount of clips you've been pulling. (laughs) Once was enough. I appreciate. No, once was. This was a. Look, let's just get right to it, okay? We'll do this. Two o'clock hour, we're going to shift a little bit. We like to have fun on Fridays at 2. We got Scott Whitley, obviously. There's a guy in Concord riding around uh, with a headless horseman outfit and playing guitar. We're going to talk to that guy. I just want, what's the deal with that guy? We're going to talk to him around 2.50 today. And if you haven't seen the new sandwich that they're serving in a San Francisco restaurant, we're going to talk about that, too, in the 2 o'clock. So we'll get there if, the, if you're debated out. RKO might not be the place for you, at least until 2 o'clock, because we're going to do it between now and then. And I'll just give you my not-so-hot takes, just telling you, calling them as I see them moments, and then we'll get to some sound, and I want to get your reaction too. 617-266-6868. I'll just start here. My grade on the moderator, A, careers can be made and careers can be ruined in presidential, vice presidential debates. And Kristen Welker made her career last night. For a lot of us, that was our first introduction to her. I don't think for most of you, if I'd showed you a picture of her and said, can you give me a name? I don't think you would have been able to do it. So this is, okay, let's see who she is. And you'd been told an awful lot about her and what was going to happen and how this was going to go. I think she was fantastic. I don't think she could have been much better. Um, I think most both sides, but in particular the Trump side, already had their canned responses ready to go when things went off the rails and they were going to rip her. And you didn't hear that from anybody. The reason? She was fantastic. And we'll go over a little bit of it as this thing goes on. I give her an A. Why don't I give her an A plus, you say? I mean, I... <laughs> 
I does a moderator ever get an A plus? I don't know. I, I just I thought she was very good. I, there were very few things that she could have done better. The only thing I would say is you know ignore the global warming stuff. I don't need that part of it again. But I thought she was really good. You know what she didn't do? She didn't ask Trump to apologize or to disavow white nationalists, which we were waiting for. You know what she did do? She asked Biden about Hunter Biden and about that controversy, which a lot of people on the left I don't think liked or appreciated, but it was absolutely appropriate. And the way she did it was spot on. We'll go over it all soon. So I uh, moderator, A. Mute button, A. The mute button was a tremendous addition to this debate. You know, whatever you think of it, the mute button was always supposed to be like an umpire or a referee in that after the game, you don't want it to be talked about. If it is talked about, it's only for bad reasons. And no one's really talking about the mute button at this point. You know why? Because you never really noticed it. The two combatants, for lack of a better term, they followed the rules last night. And the reason they followed the rules was because of that mute button. It was great. About a halfway through this debate last night, I thought, you know what? We need more mute button. You know that old Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Christopher Walken and Blue Oyster Cult? I, j- I need more cowbell. The mute button was cowbell last night. No matter how often we talked about that thing going into this, it was like more mute button in this country. Because if that's how people behave when there's a mute button lurking, that's what we need. Bravo mute button. And absolutely going forward in debates, we need more mute button. And then finally, what did you not hear once during that debate last night, Dave? Let's see how closely you were paying attention. I'll answer it for you. You know what you didn't hear? You didn't hear the audience. Can we dispel with the notion that live audience or hearing from the audience is a good thing? It's just unnecessary. It never adds to anything. The idea that planted audience members are going to applaud when their guy says something and then they're going to boo when their guy does it, when the other guy says something or they're going to make some sort of noise and then the moderator has to spend time telling the audience calm down pipe down or only applaud when appropriate any of that we just don't need it we're trying to determine who's going to be the next president of this country let's not waste time with a hand-picked audience given responses or cheers when the two combatants are bringing it as they were last night there's no need for an audience it's just the energy's there the attitude is there the discussion is there And when it's done right, it looks like that. I thought this was a really good debate. So that leads to the big question. Who won the debate? Well, as I look at my report card on it, I got moderator A, I got mute button A, I got audience A because we didn't hear from them. And that's what I want from the audience. And then I look at Trump and Biden. And you know what I got next to both names? I got a B on both of them. So who won it? I mean, really, I... I don't want to do the default and say it was a draw. I I guess Trump won it, but what does that mean? And I hate to put a but in there. So I guess let's start it again. Who won the debate? Trump, in my opinion. I thought Trump was really good for most of it. The problem is I think Trump had the, the 
bigger blunder or the bigger problem? And we'll get into it in uh, just a little while. But the the stuff about immigration and the stuff about the kids that have been separated, man, from where I was sitting, that was awful. And that was a really bad moment. And I think Biden's really bad moment was on oil. The difference was that Trump's was in the first hour. Biden's was in the last hour. It was in like the 89th minute. And so I don't know how many people were watching at that point. So that's why I say Trump, I think, had the bigger blunder. And that's one that can hit close to home for people. And he didn't really have a good answer for it. Not necessarily his fault. I don't think there is a good answer for it. I don't know how you would defend that or you would answer what he had to answer there. And therein lies the problem. We'll, we'll go over that as well. So, I, you know. In the end, the question you got to ask is, where does this move the needle? Trump claims they had the biggest fundraising day as a result of this thing last night. And so, okay, that's pretty good news. When you hear pundits on TV like David Axler, I do this, and maybe it's because I'm a masochist, but I watched the debate on NBC, and as soon as it ended, I didn't need to hear Lester Holt's take on it. I switched to CNN, perhaps because I'm a masochist, but... I wanted to hear what people that hate Trump were saying. First thing they did, David Axelrod. David Axelrod said, I I guess you'd probably have to call this a draw. When you're the guy going into this thing and you're in the lead, a draw is a good thing was his line. So if the debate was a draw, or if Biden people are calling it a draw, I guess you look at it and say, well, Trump must have won the thing. And then, then CNN spent the better part of 20 minutes, which is as long as I could endure it, just ripping Trump at every turn. Why is that significant? Well, look, it's, it's to be expected. But they consistently went after Trump, 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 because that's all they care about. They don't care about Biden. They don't love Biden. They don't care. Whoever was there next to, to Biden, or excuse me, next to Trump in this debate, was always not going to be talked about because this this election is all about Trump, obviously. It's a referendum on him. And as such, CNN just couldn't stop talking about him. Interestingly, one of the people doing it was Dana Bash. That's kind of significant because the worst moment of the night for Biden was, there was two. One, when he said, you know, we're done with oil. Two was when he said, I dare you to play the tape on fracking. Well, do you know who was sitting there when he said no to fracking, Dana Bash. So she might have been able to shed some light on that since she was actually in the tape that the president has tweeted out today, and yet she never brought it up. And so we'll do the old if the shoe was on the other foot thing here. You think if Trump said play the tape and the tape was something involving Dana Bash, that Dana Bash might have mentioned it? She didn't mention it last night. Not in the few minutes that I watched anyway. You had her, you had Van Jones, you had David Axelrod, you had uh, Abby Phillips just constantly going on about how, what a bad person Trump is and what a bad guy he is and what bad answers he gave. Fine. But you, you sometimes play to the audience or you preach to the choir, and that's what CNN was doing. People generally that are watching CNN want to hear Trump bad, and so they gave it to him. But in the end, when they got to who won the debate, that was basically a draw. Well, if it was basically a draw, then Trump won it. No doubt. What I think you saw on display last night, here's my VB in the middle take, is both sides were telling you things about the other side that were disproven last night. 
All you hard rightists were telling me that Joe Biden can't stand on his two feet. Joe Biden needs earpieces. Joe Biden will blunder. He doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know where he is. He sometimes doesn't know who he is or at least who he's running against. Well, I think that was dispelled last night. I think Biden had a, a number of missteps and a number of bad answers and whatever. But Joe Biden looked like a politician who knows what's going on last night. I know the bar is low there, but that was reality. As for Trump, the left has been telling us that this is a guy. You can put in mute buttons. You can put in moderators, whatever. But this guy's a beast. He can't behave. He can't change. And there's an old line about, you know, I don't know what the PETA version of a leopard can't change its spots or a zebra can't change its stripes. Or you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Trump was taught new tricks because he did last night what we were told he couldn't do. For lack of a better term, he was civilized. He was on point, and he did it in a way that didn't have my wife going, I, you know what, that's too much. I can't. That was the takeaway from the first debate is there are people like, I just, I can't. That guy is too much, man. As somebody on Twitter said last night is, or I think it was Geraldo of all people said, you just can't have Trump as Godzilla. And he wasn't that last night. And yet he got some stuff out there that was important, and he did it in an appropriate way. So, again... Maybe the bar is low for him. But I thought that was really good Trump, and that's the Trump you're looking for more and more. Ian Bremmer, of all people, said this morning, <laughs> you know what? Maybe if there was more mute button on Trump over the last four years, he'd be polling better right now. That actually is a pretty good line. We've always tried to figure out what it is, what is it that would rein Trump in. Last night, it was the mute button, and it served Trump well. Because that brought out the best in the guy. I thought he looked like he was—he had a handle on all the issues. Right now, you can get Black Friday deals all month at Hurston's Kia. If you're looking for a new car, check out the great deals at Hurston's Kia. They have 0% financing available and leases starting at only $99. Check them out at HurstonsKia.com. What is a Fisher house? If I had a chance to talk to the Fisher family, I would start crying because I can't articulate how much it meant to us. A Fisher house is a comfort home for military and veteran families to stay in at no charge. Allowing the family to be together to support their loved one during a medical crisis. It's enough to help you thrive through these hard situations. Go to fisherhouse.org for more info and how you might help. That's fisherhouse.org. He pointed out when Biden was talking nonsense at, at the right moments, and he looked like, I take this stuff seriously, and I'm paying attention, and I've done my homework. That stuff all serves Trump well. The, the thing on Trump always is, why can't you do that more? But he did do it last night. The question is, you know, too little, too late. Do you believe the polls? All of that sort of stuff. But that's my hot take on the debate last night. I'll get your take when we come back, and we'll play plenty of it for you as well. 617-266-6868. What was the key moment? What's the thing you'll remember? And did this turn the tables for Trump in any way? We'll take your calls. We come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on WRKO. Six one seven two six six sixty eight sixty eight. That's the phone number. That's how you join us today on BB in the Middle. We're talking about the debate last night. You know, Trump has a uh, thing going on right now from the White House. Sudan has just normalized relations with Israel. The I word never did come up last night, nor did it the night before, which is an interesting thing. If I told you 
20 years ago, I said there's going to be a president who has countries like the Sudan signing peace treaties with Israel and normalizing relations with Israel, and the U.S. didn't have to bribe these countries to do that, I think you would have said, yeah, you know what, that person's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen in Trump's case. And by the way, they asked, you know, they said, well, what does that mean exactly, normalize relations? Trump wisely said he's got Bibi Netanyahu on speakerphone. He said, Bibi, you want to handle this? And then now he goes, yeah, you know what I was doing yesterday? I was down at one of our ports. You know what was there? A cargo ship from the United Arab Emirates. You know what was on it? Washing machines. He said, why is that important? Well, for starters, if you live in Israel, the price of your washing machines is are going down now. That's what normalizing relations is all about. We can take from everywhere that we have good relations with, and things are coming into Israel and going out from Israel to and from places they've never done it before. If you don't know how and how and why that's a good thing, you're out of your mind. And that's what he said. And Trump said, and by the way, you know what it cost the U.S.? Nothing. Because the idea was always that you're going to have to have a two-state solution. You're going to have to give stuff. Israel's going to have to give up stuff, et cetera, et cetera. I, I mean, Trump hasn't gotten everybody on board yet. He says there's five nations that are coming that really want in on this as well. We'll see. But it is remarkable. Anyway. While that's going on, we're talking about the debate last night. I just want to play one cut for you, and then we'll get to the phones. This was early in the debate, and I thought this was unbelievable. Most of Twitter picked up on it, too. But this soundbite in particular, if you're on Biden's campaign, you had to have been cringing. Biden has this stock line where he said it like three different times last night. I don't see red states or blue states. I see the United States. He said it very early as we were talking about coronavirus. They were talking about coronavirus. He used that line because he loves it, and it is unbelievable what he said right after he said it. Listen. Take a look at what New York has done in terms of turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does. Blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in the coronavirus. They're the red states. They're the states in the Midwest. They're the states in the upper Midwest. It's unbelievable. I don't look at it the way he does in terms of red states or blue states. Look who's having a spike. It's all the red states. It's in the same breath. I don't look at red states, blue states, but I'll tell you who's having a spike. It's all the red states. (laughs) Sure. 617-266-6868. Jenny's in Weymouth. Jenny, start us off today on RKO. Hi, BB. A couple of things. Um, You were... You gave the moderator an A. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she did a good job. I do think she ran some interference for the latter part for Biden, for sure, uh, by cutting off the president more. I, you've heard many people say that today. I mean, it's a fact that she did, but she certainly did a, a you know, a satisfactory job um, for for being there. My concern is what she didn't cover, um, and that is foreign policy, for instance, what you just talked about. Um with Sudan and previously the the other two um, that had signed on. Uh, And also, I don't know that you heard, but there's also monetary compensation for victims of terrorism from the Sudan. Um, So I think that's very significant. And it certainly, it it speaks well for the president. So that's why we couldn't cover it. Well, you know, VB, you know, it's always been covered. So why didn't she cover it? And if I could too, please, she, um, 
the the whole thing with Afghanistan, for instance, we haven't lost a serviceman for over 300 days in Afghanistan. That's a pretty huge deal if you have a kid over there right now. Yeah, I don't know if you want Afghanistan talked about if you're Trump, though. I, neither of those guys. I mean, Afghanistan is just it's been a thing and it's not been a good thing. And the, the idea, I mean, one of the things Trump's going to have to say is, yeah, we were negotiating with the Taliban. If I told you 20 years ago that was ever going to happen, you, I, you'd have laughed me out of the room because we all knew that the Taliban was going to be obliterated within one year, and it was not. And now we're actually negotiating with them. It's crazy. But as to Israel, um, by the way, Dave, did you notice that Jenny basically used her mute button on me there? <laughs> she did. <laughs> I let it happen, Jenny. So uh, that worked out just fine. <clears throat> on Israel, yes, they didn't bring it up. I don't have any doubt that if this was President Obama sitting there and he was getting these deals, it would have been the first thing they would bring up, obviously. However, and that would not happen, obviously, but Trump had opportunities to bring it up himself, and he should have. When when Biden was going on about Kim Jong-un and how you deal with thugs and, you know, it's unbelievable the things you focus on, there was ample opportunity for Trump to bring it up there himself. Said, Let, let's just be clear, you know, Joe's Mr. Oh, I know foreign policy because I've been there forever. Joe, quick thoughts on what's going on with Israel, because I'm pretty proud of it because I know I'm changing lives for the better. And I'm dealing with people that you would say aren't the nicest people in the world. And yet we're making deals. That's all Trump had to say. And he could have brought it up that way. But, you know, it's you don't get everything in that you want. I thought Israel was going to be pretty high on his list, and maybe it was, and he just didn't get to it. That that was the opportunity. I, they were never going to bring it up, but Trump could have and probably should have. And if he looked back on it, he should have mentioned this. Why don't you stay tuned because something's coming pretty big tomorrow. That would have been interesting. Or even just drop it. I, there's a country tomorrow that's going to do this, and I'll tell you who it is right now. It would have made some news. would have been interesting. 617-266-6868. Uh, more of your calls. Reaction to last night's debate on VB in the Middle on WRKL. Six one seven two six six sixty eight sixty eight. That's the phone number. That's how you join us. We're taking your calls. Reaction to last night's debate. I thought Trump was good. I thought he had one part in particular that that hurt him. I thought Biden was decent. I thought he had several sort of missteps and things that made no sense actually. And then I thought he took some crap for stuff that actually did make sense. With the Lincoln thing in particular, we'll get into that in just a while. But your reaction to what you saw last night, I thought the debate was really, really good. Skip's in the car. Skip, you're next here in RKO. Hey, VB, can you hear me? I got you, Skip. Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, so I just wanted to make a, just a quick comment. Um, I think that um, it seemed when the comment about the children being separated from their parents, uh, I thought that was uh, very, very interesting. And um, I wonder if Trump wasn't generally surprised by that question. He, he seemed to be a little caught off guard. Yeah, and then the other was. thing I thought of, yeah, and the other thing I thought about, and again, I'm, I don't know yeah, anything uh, about the details of this, but it seems like a lot of these children who are abandoned, like if, if, you know, if I was separated from my kids, I'd be going crazy trying to find them. You know what I mean? And, you know, it, it seems like to me like a pretty interesting place where you can like, go to try to find your child if you're separated. So it concerns me about those children that possibly um, maybe they were being trafficked and, and not, you know, that really wasn't their parents. And, and, and that's just a sad thought. I don't know if that's true or not, but it just seems to me very interesting. Well, it wasn't. That, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, Skip. And so I, I think you're on some of it, and then some of it, it gets away. Trump 
Trump's answer was, look, this is complicated and this is hard. And these people come over with coyotes and, uh, you know, trying to find their parents isn't that easy. I think it's the New York Times even has a story on it today uh, about, you know, they're going into the hills of Honduras and you, you finally get up to where the hut is or the, the house. And someone says that person hasn't lived here for a couple of years now. And well, how do you find that person? I'm with you. You would think that person would also be going to whatever lengths they could to try and, you know, get back, but whatever. The the thing about that exchange that was so damning is they asked about the, for the, so the policy's terrible. It's obviously been proven to have been a horrific mistake. It's one of the biggest mistakes of the Trump presidency to this point, separating children from their parents, regardless of how the media has manipulated the story and twisted images, et cetera. It has been effective and it has been damaging. And it was again damaging last night when Trump tried to say, look, this is coyotes and it's tough and we're trying to working hard to get these kids back to their parents. Biden, it was his best moment, I think. Biden didn't let him get away with it. Biden said, let's just be clear. This has nothing to do with coyotes. This is parents that we know came over with their kids and then you separated them. Kids go this way, parents go that way, and now you can't reconnect them. And the idea is because you've, you've already deported the parents. And you don't know where they are. You just said, get them out of here. We'll deal with it later. And now you can't find them to get their kids back to them. It was damaging. I can tell you, we keep talking about, okay, women. Trump has to tone it down because it's, you know, it's women across the country that might decide this thing. That exchange wasn't great. I can tell you, my wife wasn't loving it. I was cringing because it went on for a while. And when Trump's follow-up was, I can tell you this, we're treating those kids great. Man, it, it was just a tough. I don't know what the answer is. I there is no good answer to that. I mean, you can't dispute the fact that there are these kids that don't that have been separated, and you don't know what to do with them now. So how do you, how do you talk that away? You don't. Trump was in a tough spot there, but it was a spot of his own doing because Jeff Sessions made that policy happen. He was Trump's guy at the time. And they're still answering for it. And so that was by far his worst moment. And it was it was fairly early in the debate, which is why I think it was so damaging. 617-266-6868. I'll give you Biden's worst moment quickly. Dave, do you have the, uh, I forget what number we called it, but do you have the Hitler one? <laughs> I never thought I'd say on this show, do you have that Hitler soundbite? It's not an actual soundbite of Hitler, but it's Biden referencing Hitler. I, this is unbelievable. Trump's talking about Kim Jong-un and how, you know, you got to have good relationships with people. And this is where Biden took it. You know what, North Korea, we're not in a war. We have a good relationship. You know, people don't understand. Having a good relationship with leaders of on, other countries is a, a good country. thing. We have a lot of questions to get yes, to. Not your response. Saying we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. Come on. Come on what? Where's the fact check on that? We did not have a good relationship with Hitler. We were no fans of Hitler ever. Europe may have. Neville Chamberlain may have. But that ain't us. You're not running for prime minister of England. We, meaning America, the United States, we did not have a good relationship with Hitler. FDR was going, oh, really? That's news to me. And yet he threw that out there and got away with it. Now, the only defense is I meant Europe. Well, this was one of the knocks on the Obama presidency is he wanted to turn us into Europe and he wanted to do everything Europe did. We had to do. 
and so Biden has that mindset in a best case scenario. Worst case scenario, as he's shown previously, he has a total misunderstanding of 1930s history because he continually references it. Talking about, for example, Hoover going on TV after the stock market crash. No, there was none of that going on, Joe. He, he, when he references the 30s, he usually gets himself in trouble. He did last night. That was crazy. And as I jokingly tweeted out, anyone who had the drinking game going and had a Hitler thing on there, that that would have been news to me because I never thought that name was going to come up in the debate. Sure enough, there it was. And, of course, it was Biden that brought him up, and he brought him up in a totally – wrong way right now you can get black friday deals all month at herson's kia if you're looking for a new car check out the great deals at herson's kia they have zero percent financing available and leases starting at only 99 dollars. check them out at hersonskia.com what is a fisher house if i had a chance to talk to the fisher family i would start crying because i can't articulate how much it meant to us a fisher house is a comfort home for military and veteran families to stay in at no charge allowing the family to be together to support their loved one during a medical crisis it's enough to help you thrive through these hard situations go to fisherhouse.org for more info and how you might help that's fisherhouse.org ridiculous Sharon's in Medford Sharon you're next here on RKO good afternoon good show we've been trying to stay away from some of the emotional stuff lately and watching movies but the important points I have to watch I was surprised last night and I think Trump looked a little bit taken back if people are out there listening and they don't know a lot about the um you know, crossing the border with the children and, and parents and whatnot. If I'm not mistaken, VB, there is a law. This is even before Obama. I believe, I believe that once they step over the border with any adult, adults cannot be housed with children. Yeah. I think that's a uh, that's a law. Number one, I wish Trump had had said that. Number two, it's right. Obama did build the cages. Number three. He, I wish he had remembered the not lovely, but the eye-opening report that his wife did. She was filmed about two years yeah. ago. She went to the border, and he showed all of the new structures. The children go to school. They have medical aids, etc. And any parent who knows that's going to happen does their child an injustice by trying to get them over the border because they could be lost or killed. Sharon, good call. There's a lot of points there. I'll, I'll comment on that on the other side. It's 1 o'clock. We're going to get a 60-second check of headlines. Right back to your calls. Reaction to last night's debate on VB in the Middle on RKO. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'd like to see it a little bit, maybe more right down the middle. I'm losing my mind just a little. Maybe you can realize that the truth is in the middle. So why don't you just meet me? Now, back to everybody's favorite middleman, VB. Hour number two of VB in the middle on AM680 WRK. We will continue to talk about the great debate last night. Because one, it was a great debate. Two, it was the last of them. I wish there was one more based on that one, but uh, nope, that's it. Somebody pointed out on Twitter last night that that is the last debate Trump's ever going to do. That, that may be true. I, I, that's kind of weird to think about. I thought he did very well for the most part. Um, and we'll play some more of the sound and we'll play more of Biden and some of Biden's uneven stuff. I just wanted to reference Sharon quickly. 
Sharon made several points about, you know, what the law is in separating adults and children. Number one. Number two, Obama built the cages. Number three, these kids, while they're separated, are getting great care, great schooling, great medicine, all of that. Okay, so quickly we'll go over it. You know, I don't think it was a bad plan of attack by Trump saying, who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages, Joe? And Joe wouldn't take the bait, but not taking the bait, it almost made the point more so. I thought Biden was going to say something to the effect of, are you admitting that you put people in cages, Don? Like, But they were going to do that. Yeah, but you, but yeah, but you. But that's what I thought Biden probably should have done. And the answer is just because Obama did it doesn't mean that that's right for you to do it, would be a follow-up. As to the medical, yes, the, the Melania Trump trip, if you believe it, and I, I generally do, I do think these kids are getting much better treatment wherever they're being housed than they would from the place they left. Okay. But none of that is really relevant in the sense of if you're trying to give the image that, look, our immigration system is a mess and I'm going to be the guy to clean it up, which was what Trump ran on in 2016 and won a lot of votes on as a result of it. Well, we would expect then that if you were going to separate a mother from her child, you would at least have the ability to reunite them when the time of your choosing came to be to do that. And the idea that you have lost the paperwork or didn't have the number or couldn't find a way to reach somebody over 500 times is not a good look. You know, we're looking for a well-oiled machine here. Instead, we got nothing. And I do think the reality was that Trump wasn't ready for that one, which was which is weird because in a way what you do when you go into these debates is you always ask those around you, okay, what are my blind spots? What is the thing that they can get me on? Or what are the things they could try to score points on? And I would have thought that would have come up and I would have thought that he would have been there, been ready for it. He wasn't. And it was just a bad answer. It's all... I was telling Dave during the break, it's sort of the, the idea, you know, if you believe that these kids are better off where they are than where they came from, they probably are. But it's that's the premise of the movie Gone Baby Gone, right? Just because the kid's going to be better off here, you can't do that. That's not what we do, and that's not what we would want to do. So you can't. And that's why it was a bad look, and that's why Biden pounced. And Biden was ready. I was surprised. But he handled that one pretty well. Quickly, I'll give you one more on Biden before we come back. Dave, do you have the uh, the Lincoln one? This one drew a lot of flack on Twitter. It drew some flack in my house, too, where Biden makes a comment to Trump, and people thought, oh, my God, he's really confused. Listen. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire he looks right at trump and calls him abraham lincoln and people on twitter are like oh my god did he just forget who he was debating and all that i actually thought that was a pretty good line and i thought he should have done that more he should have referenced that a few times trump has consistently said when it comes to race no one's done more for the black community than him as president other than maybe abraham lincoln and so biden's point would be like oh really you're abraham lincoln okay abe and I, I think, in theory, that's a good line of attack. But the way Biden did it was so clumsy, it was a little bit confusing. I mean, he stumbled over his attack after he said Abraham Lincoln. And and if you're going to do that, Dave, then you should have a, 
I think it would be effective for Biden to say, oh, Abe Lincoln over there, really? You know, it's funny. They used to call him Honest Abe. Anybody calling you Honest Don? Like, if you did something like that, or if you had some sort of follow-up, okay, it's a one-two punch that clearly you were going to be ready for. He threw it out there and then didn't, He, yeah, he kind of stumbled over it, almost confused himself by it, and then didn't take it anywhere. So in theory, I thought the Lincoln thing was fine, but I can tell you there was just enough people in my house and on Twitter and texting me going, did he just call him Abe Lincoln, that no matter what your intentions were, it didn't go well. And it just did kind of get a little bit confusing. Here's a tip for Joe Biden, by the way. I don't know if you noticed this, Dave. When he was talking about coronavirus and how he wasn't going to you know, do another lockdown, but we need to have bars closed and gymnasiums closed. I, do people call them gymnasiums anymore? <laughs> That's like I, a Havlicek stole the ball in a gymnasium. I, right, Jim. <laughs> does anybody ever say, but not that we can do this anymore anyway with coronavirus, but does anybody say, honey, I'll be back in an hour. I'm heading to the gymnasium. But but Biden being older and, you know, liking to reference things from a past time, he dropped the old, we got to keep bars closed and gymnasiums closed. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I'm like, ah, I'd pick up volleyball games off then because that's the only place I would go to do that would be at a gymnasium, the old high school gymnasium. Gymnasium. 617-266-6868. Your reaction to last night, obviously we can talk about the immigration stuff ad nauseum, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that went on last night that was really good. We'll, we'll break it down, and you can go wherever you want on the debate. Antonio, start off Hour 2 here on WRKO. Hey, Bibi, how you doing? Listen, Bibi, the, 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 the kids thing down you know, at, the, at the southern border, there are so many levels of, 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 of suspicion there. You know, don't you think that, that CBS with 60 Minutes, don't you think they would be trying to find the parents to unite the, the you know, unite their children that uh, all of a sudden were taken yeah. away from them? I mean, these kids, they were probably, it, it, it's very, very possible that they're the children of addicts or that their addicted parents, I you know, agree. sold the kids. So, so, but the thing is, nobody, why doesn't somebody go down there with a, with a camera and look for these parents that are so desperate? Well, I to, think you know, CNN so did. Looking for their kids. I think CNN did. I think it was, I said New York Times, or I think it was CNN. They, they have been looking, and they said where this is really difficult is you get to some of these poor, unconnected areas, you know, no Wi-Fi, any of that stuff. Never mind Wi-Fi. Some of them don't have, like, running water, et cetera. And you get there after hours and days and weeks of trying to figure out where person X is, and you get there, and the person that's there says they haven't been here for months, and they have no idea where they went. Like, that's the last known address you've got. What do you do then? How do you find the person? And it's very difficult. It makes the point for Trump in that and trump what happened where i think trump lost it was this he said look we're working really hard on this we're trying to we're trying to resolve that situation i thought biden might have hit him on tell me something you're doing on that to because what you would do there is try and make sure if trump knew any had any idea what was going on or could provide any factual information biden let it stand it was probably the lowest risk thing to do you know, CNN's column, on the one hand, makes the point for Trump, like, this is very hard to do. On the other hand, it also makes the point that this is why you don't separate them. You just, it's not, there's no upside to it for the, in other words, if I said to Trump, why do you separate parents from their kids? 
Why would we do that as a country? Why? If you know definitively that this is their parent, they've come over with them, why would you separate them? You wouldn't do it now, right? Because there's nothing in it for you. It leads to fake but effective Time magazine covers. It leads to moments in debates like this. It leads to, in part, you firing your attorney general. Like, one thing Trump has learned, you know, presidents always talk about this after they leave office, you know, things you expected, things you didn't expect. One thing we know, and we know it because we've had wildly different administrations in the 21st century, you know, you go from Bush to Obama to now Trump, these guys all do things very differently. And you know what they've all found out? Because it's just the fact. Immigration is messy, it's gross, and there's no easy way with it. Illegal immigration. There isn't. And so you can talk tough all you want about it, but in the end, once you're doing it, it is difficult. He was good on catch and release, and Biden was absolutely... When Biden... Again, there's a million of these Biden moms, but when Biden said that when, when you did catch and release, what happened was everybody showed back up. I mean, I just hope that people caught that because that was mind-bogglingly stupid. And Biden knows full well that that wasn't true. And Trump called him on it and said, but then the the problem was the way Trump called him on it. Trump said, the only ones who showed back up were the, I hate to say it, but the ones with low IQ. And I know what he meant there, but it didn't come out well. But what he meant is you'd have to be stupid to show up because nobody was showing up and nobody was going after him. So why would you show up? I know what he meant. He shouldn't have said low IQ though. It, It came out bad and it came out insulting, et cetera, et cetera. But overall, it, You just never want to be on the receiving ends of there's a kid there waiting for their mom and you're not able to to bring them together. And that's where Trump finds himself right now. That's a lose all the way around. 617-266-6868. More calls in a second. Dave's yelling in my ear that we got a break, so we will do so. We'll we'll play some more sound bites, too, on this, including we'll get to the oil thing. And is that really a damaging blow to Biden? I'll give you a hint. I do do think it is, yes. But we'll talk about it when we come back. 617-266-6868. It's VB in the middle on RKO. Would he close down the oil industry? Would you close down the oil industry? By the way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, that's a big statement. It is a big statement. That's a Because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. I think if Welker had anything back, that's the one that she would pull back. She was so stunned, she said out loud just something that she was thinking. But that was unbelievable. It was right at the end of the debate. But Trump was really good on that. Would you get us off of the oil industry? And Biden said yes. How could somebody from Pennsylvania say yes? Dave, do you know where it was? Do you know where petroleum was discovered in the United States? It would be Pennsylvania. In case anyone doesn't know the history on this. They've made an awful lot of money on it. And Biden said, yeah, he would. And Welker's lie. There's one of the few times she interjected or interrupted during it to not tell the other, hey, we got to get to other stuff. Why would you do that? (laughs) You know who she was then, Dave? She was us. Because we were all saying that. Including Biden's staff. Why would you do that? You're fighting for Pennsylvania. You said that. Well, does anybody believe? First of all, 
So I heard Van Jones on CNN after the debate trying to – he said, I, I got so much love for Joe Biden, or I'm so proud of him for sticking to his guns on that and saying what he really believes because he is passionate about this and he does believe in this. And I thought to myself, Van, you're trying way too hard because I don't believe that about Biden. I don't believe Biden has core values or core beliefs. I believe that Biden was tr- – Biden was a little off his game there. It was late in the debate, and he was surprised at where it went. And he just, without thinking, said, yeah, okay, yeah, I would. We know that it was a mistake because right after the debate, his team said, we want to clarify that. So at the same time Van Jones was telling you I'm proud of him for that, his team was clarifying it. Do you think they were clarifying it because they were proud of it, Van? you think they were clarifying it because they were happy with it? No, they weren't. They said – he just meant that he was going to end oil subsidies. That's not what Trump said. Trump said, are you going to get us off the oil industry? It had nothing to do with subsidies. And Biden said, yeah. And it, again, it made Welker say, why? Why would you? Do-? Again, the question really would be, well, how would you do that? How? But she was like, why? Because it's the craziest thing ever in 2020 to say that. And the idea that, you know, we're going to be off of it in 2025, 2035, or 2050, which is the latest number that they've put out, is just nonsense. Trump was really effective on this stuff, I thought. When Biden was talking about windmills and solar, and Trump's like, this stuff's a pipe dream. Wake up. He was right about that. And he was good on it. And Biden, the only thing I wished he'd said when Biden was going on about solar's great and it's going to create all these great jobs and this is really going to be good and we're going to create this new solar economy. What Trump said was, yeah, solar's nice, but we're not there. It ain't, it ain't happening. You can't run this country on the sun. You, it doesn't work, which is true and great. What I wished he would have said was, Joe's going to make us a solar power just like they did under Obama when they gave millions of your dollars to a company called Solyndra. And after the company took that money, you know what they did? They beat feet to China. That would have been nice. I mean, again, you've got to be absolutely A, locked in on it in order to get that. I'm giving you that on hindsight, obviously. But they... Trump's point all night was you've had eight, you had eight years to do this stuff, Joe. They had eight years to get us into a solar power. And you know what didn't happen? Even though they tried really hard and they gave away hundreds of millions of dollars to make it happen in incentives, they couldn't make us a solar power. Because no matter what we do, we can't make this stuff cheaper than China does. We can't. That's why Solyndra, with their $70 million that they took or whatever the number was, I mean, there's one in Massachusetts, Evergreen Solar was another one, where we, Deval Patrick, gave them a ton of our money, and they were gone. But the idea that we're going to go, we're going to get off of oil and go to solar is complete nonsense. And Trump was effective on that, where he said, this guy's all talk and no action. I thought that was a really good line. You had eight years, Joe. You're talking about it now, but you had eight years, and you didn't make it happen. 617-266-6868. 617-266-6868. Russ is in Boston. Russ, you're next here on RKO. First of all, VB, I have to give an A-plus to the moderator. She had class. She allowed for a real debate with plank and counterplank. She didn't do any grandstanding like that scumbag Chris Wallace. And I'll tell you, if Murdoch wants to get any planes with us conservative Republicans, he should make her an offer that's hard for her to refuse and he should get rid of Chris Wallace. And I'll never forget, okay, 
when Chris Wallace used to come on Howie's show every Friday, and he couldn't even take uh, Howie's ribbing. Yes, he made sport of him with his man crush on Mitt Romney, and finally he wouldn't come on the show anymore. And, I know, but and Russ, you do understand, like, it's almost like, Russ, you had built up so much stuff that you were ready to use on Welker that now that you can't, you're just going back to ripping Wallace again. Wallace had nothing to do with last night. It's not relevant. We don't need to continue to bash Chris Wallace. But the main thing is what I'm trying to point out is this. This woman did it with class. And if she had any biases against the president, she was like Walter Cronkite. He could hide it very well, okay? Now... As far as Biden was concerned, he was a, a master hack on display, okay? And if, if you stick your head in the sand about government corruption in the swamp, then go ahead and vote for Biden. But if you want to see our government cleaned up, then you vote for Donald Trump. He was presidential last night. He did a good job. And the other thing that I'm sick and tired of even stupid, ignorant people that they follow it, that they separated the children. Well, let me ask you this. If you go out and get arrested... Don't they separate you from your family when they incarcerate you? What do they want us to do? Give them all a, a 2,000-square-foot condo? I know, but, Russ, screen. when you get out of prison, you know what you do? You get back with your family. The people that are entrusted to getting you back to your family in a situation like this are the ones that separated you, and they haven't been able to keep the uh, lines of communication open, and we don't know where they are. That's not how it's supposed to go. It isn't. There is no good defense of it. And any any sort of case or or what it is what it is answer is not good enough. There is no good answer to it. The only, the real answer to it is immigration sucks when people are coming here that we don't want here or are not invited guests. It's it's really messy stuff and mistakes happen. But you can't say that either because then you look like you don't know what you're doing and there's no there's no good answer. And that's why Trump looked bad on that particular point. 617-266-6868. More of your calls. Reaction to the debate last night. I'll give you some Biden stuff when we come back, one of which I thought was okay, but it's classic Joe Biden. We'll do that when we return right here on RKO. Six one seven two six six sixty eight sixty eight. It is VB. You are in the middle, and I am 680 WRKO. Uh, Howie coming up at three, obviously, and he'll have much more on this as well. But we're getting your reaction to the big debate last night. Was it a game changer? I've told you, I think Trump won it. I don't think he won it huge or bigly or any of that. I think he looked good. I think he had a really bad moment on immigration. I think Biden held his own. And if you believe the polls, that's all he needed to do. I don't know if the polls are accurate, however, so we don't know. I think the signs that Trump raised. I think it was the I'll put it this way, Dave. I think that was the best debate I've seen Trump do, period. End of story. That's a great I'm talking about one. all the Republican primary debates in 2016. I'm talking about the debates with Hillary. I'm talking about this, the second debate now with Joe Biden. I think this was the best debate he's ever done. Yeah, it's like the final presidential turn that we've been expecting. If he took that immigration, if that immigration conversation never happened or if that little bit was out of there, I think he would have been in the A category. But that is a big one. And I think that resonated with a lot of people. And I think that hurt him. But I think otherwise he did very well. I I quickly want to just play this for you because, uh, you know, Kristen Welker is getting a lot of love. And I told you I gave her an A. This is why she gets an A because she did what 
people like Jake Tapper would have begged her not to do because don't even dignify it. She asked him, him being Joe Biden in this case, what she should have asked him, and she did it in the right way. Listen. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. And he goes on. But uh, his answer was going to be what it was going to be. That particular. Anybody, does anybody believe there was nothing unethical about it? Nothing. I'm not saying that Joe Biden was unethical. I'm talking about Hunter now. Or that there was something squirrely about the whole thing. Does anybody believe that? <clears throat> so for Biden to say nothing was unethical. Well, first of all, you said you'd never talk to your son about it. So how would you know? And then when he tried to say the laptop was a Russian plant and Trump rightly said, oh, now that's Russian? Really? That's rich. That's funny. The laptop. Not the whole story. Just literally the laptop. The laptop was a Russian plant. It's just mind-boggling. Everyone but, knows my son has a Dell, and that's an LG. Well, again, I've said forever, they could have ended this story immediately with saying, that's not his laptop. It's not. And anyone who says otherwise is lying. Well, that would be an interesting conversation. No one's saying that, including Biden. He, Joe, he didn't say that last night. He just said it was a Russian plant, which led to Trump calling it the laptop from hell, which was a really good line, except that Biden talked over it once and then Welker talked over it the second time. But, but what I want you to know about her there is, I think 24 hours before the debate, she wasn't going to ask that at all. Because of the developments yesterday and the Bobolinsky stuff, I think they started to say, geez, what should we do? And if you saw Jake Tapper come almost unhinged after the debate where he lectured Trump about how Trump's run the dirtiest campaign in the history of campaigns, which I don't believe at all, actually. In my lifetime alone, I could tell you examples of how other campaigns were equally or much more dirty than what Trump has done. But whatever. But Tapper seemed to lose it for a minute there. Um, but he would have absolutely said, do not go here. Don't dignify this. There's a lot of people that, I, that would. Not only did she ask about it, but she didn't ask it the way that a lot of people in the media would do it. You know, Look, I just have to ask you about this. I know it's stupid, but people say this stuff's out there, so I just wanted to get you to respond. If she did that, I'd have given her like a C for the night. If she didn't ask at all about it, I'd have given her a B- minus about it. She asked it, and she asked it on a totally legitimate, this is a news story, and you do need to respond to it. And I'm going to say she didn't mention Hunter Biden's name. She didn't mention the New York Post. She didn't mention Rudy. She just said... There are questions swirling, and so I will ask it this way. Was there anything unethical about that? And Biden said, no, nothing. Okay, I thought that was really good journalism. And bravo to her. And I'm telling you, other people in her position would not have asked that. They would not have, guaranteed. And I think a majority of them wouldn't. She did. She gets a round of applause for that. And that's why she gets an A from me. Aaron is in the car. Aaron, you're next here on WRKO. Hey guys, um, so yeah, so I thought she did a really good job last night, and I really like her otherwise, so I actually was like, ugh, I didn't want her to do it, because it's just a crapshoot when these guys do it, and they sure just, is. there's no way out. Sure she is. She did a really great job. Um, the funniest part for me, though, you brought it up a few minutes ago, I literally laughed myself to sleep, because when Biden brought up, or when he went into the oil thing, and she literally, like, insert eye roll here, like, why did you say that? 
almost yeah. like I see the I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and now you have to say that. Now we have to talk about that. I just thought it was the funniest thing, and her reaction was just hilarious. Well, that was a, now you got to parse it, right, Aaron? Her exact line was, "Why would you do that?" Now, right. why was she, would you do that? <laughs> was she saying, "Why would you transition us off of oil?" Or more likely, was she saying, "Why would you do what you're doing right now, which is say that thing out loud?" Because That's if you're rooting exactly for the right. guy, That's you're going. That's exactly Dum. what she meant. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. And again, she didn't do that at any point. But that one was no. so outlandish that she before she even had a chance to think about reining it in, it just came out of her mouth. We've all been there. It was just like, yeah, oh that wow, was perfect. Yeah, that no, was that was something else. But she was really good. I gotta tell you. And to do this for the first time, these things are hard to do. They are. So whatever you say of it, and you know, we're we're tough critics and blah blah blah. They're hard to do. And try your best. Sometimes you lose control. Try your best. They don't answer your questions. Try your best. You let some things come out that you wish you didn't, did, whether you've done them ten times, one time, whatever. They're hard. She nailed this on her first time. The bad news for her, she's only got down to go. Next time she does it, nah, she wasn't that great because she's peaked. But she, she. Right now, you can get Black Friday deals all month at Herson's Kia. If you're looking for a new car, check out the great deals at Herson's Kia. They have 0% financing available and leases starting at only $99. Check them out at hersonskia.com. No way. Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa is back. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They, they toasted, toasted six-month-old aged cheddar right onto the, the shell of a chalupa. That's genius. No delicious. No both. And now it comes in a box with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink. Whoa. Oh, sorry. This is this is my stuff. Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa box is back. Only at Taco Bell. At limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours, and participation, which vary. Tax extra drinks excludes freezes. Made herself a boatload of money last night, and she garnered herself a reputation uh, with that performance. The big winner of the thing was her. There is no doubt about that. We don't know on Trump-Biden and how it'll play out. I think Trump won the debate. I don't know if he gets a significant bump from it. First of all, we don't even know how many people were watching it yet. That's for starters. Second of all, with these record, allegedly record uh, early voting, 50 million people already voted, supposedly. So how would they know? How would this affect them? Which is why early voting is the dumbest thing ever. It's so stupid to have to have cast your vote before this debate happened, in my opinion. It's dumb. And yet, that even so Pence today voted. At least it was after the last debate. Trump's supposed to vote this weekend in Florida. After the last, at least hear him out before you make your final choice. But nope, 50 million people have already voted, so last night was meaningless to them. Uh, Ronnie is in Boston. Ronnie, you're next on RKO. Hey, thanks, VB. Look, I never call your show back-to-back days because I don't want to be that guy that's, you know, being an air hog on your show. But I called you yesterday to say that my prediction would be that Kristen Welker would be Savannah Guthrie times 10, and, you know, I call you up to criticize you sometimes, so I got a belly up to the bar today. She was fantastic. I could not have been more wrong. She was fair, and she struck the perfect balance of a substantive uh, debate with plenty of contact uh, also. 
Um, I would just say that I don't give Joe Biden as much credit as you do. As far as I'm concerned, that laptop and its contents have been confirmed six ways to Sunday. And I think what Biden supporters needed to hear was that laptop is a fake. Everything on it is a fake. And I categorically deny every accusation that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani have leveled against me and my family. That's what Biden supporters needed to hear. And instead, he squirmed. And I could see the weight of this scandal on him all night. He lost his train of thought very, very quickly. He kind of went off into space very quickly. He had a hard time staying cogent and staying focused. And I thought Trump made mincemeat of him. I really did. And thanks, as always, for taking the call, VP. I appreciate the call, Ronnie. First of all, congratulations to you for owning up to you thought something was going to happen. It didn't, and you're admitting it. That's great. I want to give uh, kudos, by the way, to a caller. I forget who it was yesterday, Dave, but I want to acknowledge it. Somebody called in and said, and I was a little dismissive of them. I'll do what you're doing, Ronnie. Somebody called in yesterday and said, you know, with Marty Walsh shutting down the Boston schools the day before the debate, he's doing this for Biden. And I was like, really? I don't know. Not everything's a conspiracy. Well, I, I don't know if you have it, Dave, or if you can get it quickly enough, but uh, can you get or play the Kristen Welker talking about Boston shutting its schools soundbite down? Because while the caller said Walsh was throwing a bone to Biden and doing that, and I thought, I don't think that had anything to do with Biden, it certainly did come up in Biden's favor last night in the debate. Boston became the latest city to move its public school system entirely online after a coronavirus spike. What is your message to parents who worry that sending their children to school will endanger not only their kids, but also their teachers and okay. families? I want to open the schools, uh, the yeah, transmittal rate to, to the... It's, it's irrelevant, but sure enough, she used Boston as a... This is how things aren't going so great with coronavirus, and Trump had to answer it. And then Biden jumped in on it, too. One of the things I thought was humorous is Biden said all these surges are in red states. Is Boston in a red state? Because she just said Boston had a surge, a spike. But then Biden said that. Regardless, where I'll knock Welker is I don't think she knows what she's talking about there, really. I, but it, for the context of the debate, it worked. But the re, there's two things in her question that are inaccurate. One is Boston has moved to all remote learning. Well, they were never otherwise. Boston put a minuscule percentage of their school population in the building. It was it's special needs kids mostly, primarily, and it was a tiny percentage. And then she said, and then they saw a spike, and so now they switched. The spike has nothing to do with schools, as far as we know. And if it did have something to do with it, Walsh isn't telling us that. Nobody has said any of the Boston case numbers have anything to do with the schools. How could it? There's nobody there. And yet the way she presented the question was, oh, man, Boston opened up schools. People have gotten sick. Now they've shut down the schools. That's not at all what happened. Boston didn't open up schools. Boston apparently has a spike. It's not crazy spike either, but it is a spike. And we're in the red. Boston's in the red. But and then so he's, it's a red he state. made a, well, he made a big pronouncement of about schools, but it didn't change what was going on with schools. The only change was that people thought at some point they were going back, and now they're not. But they weren't there. So I I thought the way she presented it was not even close to accurate. But that I can give her a pass on that because in a way. They weren't debating Boston. She was just using it as an example. I actually think it was a bad example, but whatever. 
Um, it was weird to see Boston come in so quickly, so early. And I give credit to the guy that the caller yesterday that said, "You watch, this is a this is a softball for Biden or a gift for Biden from Walsh." And it sure played that way in the debate last night. College, you guys are on it, is what I'm telling you. Six one seven two six six sixty eight sixty eight. Up overtime. Sorry, Dave. Sorry. Don't be don't be yelling. We'll take a break. More of your calls when we come back. What did you make of Biden? What did you make of Trump? What did you make of Welker? Thoughts on the debate here on WRKL. He says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. That was Joe Biden last night. I, you know, I. Do you have the longer cut of that, Dave, with Trump and Biden? Because I, I think this is important, actually. They, in each of the debates, they started with coronavirus because it's here and things are changing. In fact, in about 10 minutes, we're going to talk about what Massachusetts announced yesterday. It affects my family a little bit. And uh, is this the beginning of a trend with coronavirus in the fall into the early winter is the question that we're going to ask. But coronavirus is the first thing that we're talking about. And I think there couldn't be a more stark distinction between these candidates than there is on their response to coronavirus. It, Trump's answer was, which Biden was responding to, Trump said, look, we're learning to live with it. And Biden said, actually, we're learning to die with it. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. And Trump knew it, and he had the numbers. He said, look, 99% of us are recovering from this thing, 99.9% of our young people are recovering from it. I mean, he talked about his son having it and how by the time his son was diagnosed, the next time Biden or, uh, Trump checked in with his doctors, he was already good. Like, he was like, it was ridiculous how fast it was because it just doesn't hit young people the same way as it hits people older or with pre-existing conditions. But yet Biden went to the fear thing. We're learning to die with it. Trump went to the overly optimistic, hey, we're learning to live with it. And the truth is somewhere in the middle, obviously. But which side do you lean more to is which one of those you liked better. I tend to lean more to the Trump thing. Look, you got to live. Trump was talking about I, I went to a I went to meet with people, including like Gold Star family. I cannot do that. He, he had this whole thing about it. it would be great to be Biden. Just go lock yourself in your basement for a year and a half and you don't have to deal with anybody. But that's not life. That's not how we we can't. And I think Trump's right on that, and I thought it was a winner for him. I don't know that the, we're learning to die with it. In terms of attacking Trump, yes. In terms of, you know, instilling any sort of confidence or any sort of good feeling or actually leveling with people. I don't know if that works or not. But that's as stark a distinction between the two of them as you're ever going to get, I think. 617-266-6868. Back to the phones. Brian is in Boston. Brian, you're next on RKO. Hey, thanks for the call. Hey, Brian. Hey, uh, I, I guess if uh, I was President Trump last night, I, I would have questioned Joe Biden's mental stability. Uh, you put a multi-million-dollar pay-for-play operation in the hands of your degenerate crackhead son. Uh, who are you going to put the trust and uh, well-being of American people in? And, and where where are your appointees laptops going to show up? I mean, uh, for that to just show up in a Delaware computer shop. Uh, yeah, so this is where I give Trump a ton of credit on this, Brian. He didn't do what you just did. I give him credit for that. I know why you would do it as a caller to the, to the show. Trump couldn't do that last night. You know who would – my wife, who's sitting about 20 feet from me, she would have been so repulsed by that 
if he said anything along the lines of what you just said. And we talked about this a lot yesterday where Trump had to be very careful with how he presented that. I thought he did an outstanding job of it. I thought he was really good. He didn't get it into the gutter. I thought it was all above board, and I thought he hit Biden really hard on it. Biden, there was no, like, you know, knockout shot or anything, but I thought he made the point. And you know he did when CNN, Abby Phillips tried to make the claim after the debate that, you know, Trump was talking about stuff you'd need an encyclopedia to because so many people don't know that story. Well, if they don't, that's on them. Trump knows it, and Biden knows it. And not everybody has to be in the loop on that for that to be an interesting discussion and to see how Biden handled it. Biden got got out of it okay. I mean, his, look, I've never received a penny from any foreign, foreign government. That was a pretty, you know, strong answer. It doesn't mean it's true necessarily. But he did get out of it, on, you know, fairly, on, no more scathed than he already was by it. Um, my only thing I think Trump should have said on that was other than what he did. And I thought he did really well. I mean, I give him an A on how he handled the Hunter situation. I I think what would have made it an A plus is if he had said at the end or at some point he turned to Biden because he was asking him questions directly, smartly. So, but Joe, let me ask you this. Let's say the roles are reversed, Joe. Let's say my son, let's say Don Jr. left the laptop in a repair shop and didn't claim it and the exact same emails were on my son's laptop that are on your son's laptop are you telling me joe and are you telling the american people joe that you wouldn't make an issue of that you don't think that that should be investigated and if biden said i don't everyone would have laughed him out of the room so i couldn't figure out yesterday what was the closer for trump on that and it's come to me now but that should have been the one you're telling me if this was my son, Joe, you wouldn't have an issue with it and we shouldn't be looking into it? Because I got investigated for – I got impeached for for fake meetings or BS meetings or dubious meetings. And yet you're telling me no one should look into this thing. Come on. 617-266-6868. Derek's in Mansfield. Derek, you're next on RKO. Uh, hey, BB. Uh, uh, two comments, if I may. You know, last night I thought – Joe Biden hit President Trump really, really hard. It was a devastating shot when he uh, exposed Trump's golf game, right, being stuck in the sand traps out there all the time. I mean, that was a key turning point of the debate, I thought. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Joe Biden's motorcade get out of there without getting, uh, like, a drone strike of golf clubs as they were pulling away. I mean, that was that – was, Trump probably drew a little picture of a drone strike of golf clubs on Biden's motorcade when he was looking down – but I thought Trump showed incredible poise there. Anyway, uh, no, seriously now, you know, if you want to know what this Democrat ruling class socialist system looks like, this is what it looks like. Joe Biden knowingly, blatantly can travel the world, you know, cor- political corruption at its worst, pulling in millions of dollars with no fear of the law, no fear of the FBI. The FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop and um this uh, Lieutenant um, Bobulinski, they Bob had Linsky, those emails. Yeah. Yeah. Bobulinski, they had many of those emails already, and they didn't. They didn't even. They didn't do anything with with uh, um, Lieutenant Bobulinski there. They they should have been investigating this from the beginning. The Democrats, the media, they're all in the FBI. They're all covering this over. That's what their socialist system looks like. The dictatorships of Cuba, North Korea, communist China, and 
Venezuela and Putin himself, they have no fear of their judicial systems. Well, that was a it's funny you mentioned Cuba, Derek. I don't want to get you know sidetracked too much. But that was a point that Trump missed, I thought, last night where Biden was talking about how can you hang out with you? You talk about Kim Jong Un. He's a thug. And you're trying to tell me you got a good relationship with a thug. And I was waiting for Trump to say, Joe, let me take you back to your administration when you and your uh, your buddy Barack Obama were hanging out with Fidel Castro down there in Cuba. I mean, I kept waiting for some sort of counter. You keep wanting to rip me for trying to make the world a better place. Let's talk about some of the guys you were hanging out with and some of the people you were trying to tell us were awesome. Do we want to do the Iran deal again and talk about people living up to their ends of bargains? Like, I, I was surprised Trump let him get all, get away with that. But again, what happens is when you're getting hit on that one thing, which is North Korea, and you're defending that thing, sometimes you don't you don't turn the tables as quickly as you might want to on somebody. So quickly, Joe and Drake, it. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, Joe. Hey, BB, how you doing? Good. Hey, so I just want to say you're spot on, and then you just mentioned another thing um, that um, uh, Trump had um, not a lot of time to hit everything. Um, he, he didn't have a lot of time to hit all the points, but he did do well with hitting a, a, a ton of points. Um, some things he should have uh, brought up, uh, some things that he didn't have time to. And, and it, I've been in debates, and it's not easy to um, uh, remember everything. But I just said to your call screener that I wasn't – I was surprised that Joe Biden didn't say to Trump, I knew Lincoln, and you're no Lincoln. <laughs> I thought Trump was going to say when Biden brought up Hitler and said, you know, we had good. We liked him before he attacked. I thought Trump was going to say, were you in Congress then, too, Joe? But again, I think everybody was like, wow, he just brought up Hitler. That that happened. I mean, so, again, it's hard. And in retrospect, you're always like, oh, here's the answer. You know, we're all George Costanza in the car. Here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done. I thought Trump was very good, except for that immigration part. And that was a big tough period of the debate for him otherwise i thought he did very well all right we were talking about coronavirus when we come back massachusetts has announced a new policy regarding one thing in particular and it's not halloween by the way is this the beginning of here we go again with coronavirus we'll talk about it we come back here on rko (laughs) it's hour number three of vb in the middle on am 680 wrko i we're going to change gears here, uh, and I appreciate all of your calls. Uh, there's something going on here in Massachusetts, which you just heard about in the newscast, and I want to talk about that. But before we do, suck up. I don't know if you have that cut clean, but that last part of the intro on Biden with the red and blue states, I just want to hear that one more time because the more I hear that, the more that makes me laugh. And the more that it is, it is mind-boggling to me that a guy that has been in politics as long as he has and has been in debates and has given speeches and has been on the Senate floor, you know, grandstanding for years and decades. It's mind-boggling that he can still still say things as just stupid as that. I mean, that is a classic Bidenism. If you go back through them, you know, telling the guy in the wheelchair, stand up, you know, saying it's a three-letter word, jobs. Like, you go over all the Bidenisms. It's great to be here in Keene, Vermont, et cetera, et cetera. You go back over home, this one's right there. I mean, this is – I don't see red states or blue states. All the stuff, by the way, that's peaking is in red states. It's unbelievable. Listen. 
Take a look Vice at President what New Biden. York has done in terms of the, turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does. Blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in the coronavirus. They're the red states. <laughs> I don't look at the way he, Jerko over here, I don't look at this the way he does. He only sees red or blue states. I don't see those things. The spikes are in the red states. But he doesn't see red states, though. He was but method that's acting. where the spike is. This is like the guy that says, I didn't even notice you'd put on weight, fatty. Like, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, I don't see red or blue states. It is the red states that are screwing us, though. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And it happened. Like, Trump didn't pick up on it. If Welker did, she didn't mention it. But it was, it just happened so fast. And you kind of get numb to these things with him. But that one was, Twitter was on it in a hurry. We were all doing it. We're all like, wow, he just said that. And it was just, it's so laughable. It's unbelievable. Anyway, let's talk for a minute here about what's going on in Massachusetts, or in this case, what's going off here in Massachusetts. As you heard in our top of the hour newscast, Massachusetts announced yesterday that they're closing, they're shutting down hockey. For two weeks, at least, we'll see what, what ends up happening here. Uh, headline in the Globe, state closes indoor ice rinks for two weeks after COVID spike connected to hockey. I got a couple of questions for you here. I want to kick this one around for a while. 617-266-6868. First of all, is this the beginning of we're going to start shutting things down again? Because, man, if it doesn't feel like that to you, I don't think you're paying attention. All the news we're getting about coronavirus here in Massachusetts is spike, spike, spike. And within the spike, you know what happens. Shut down, restrict, make things tougher. And this one, yesterday, hockey was good. Today, hockey's gone. Just like that. So is this the beginning of you're going to see things start getting taken away more and more and more? Everyone's telling you, like, this was one of the debates last night. Biden said, we're in for a dark winter. And Trump said, this ain't going to be a dark winter. Well, is it going to be a dark winter here in Massachusetts? Because I think this is a pretty bad start when they're saying we're shutting down hockey rinks for two weeks. So that's my first question for you. My second question is, in these stories, and I've read several of them, they're talking about, look, there's been spikes, and the numbers are kind of weird in this. I don't know why people can't spell this out a little clearer. Apparently, I believe it's there's been like 108 cases uh, that they can sort of trace to hockey rinks and or skating for whatever. You know, you want to make that distinction. It's And they all revolve around 30 clusters. I, I mean, to me, I, are those numbers crazy, out of control, out of whack that we need to shut this thing down? I, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know, and we don't know the severity of any of these cases. You know, is this like a Baron Trump where somebody tested positive? They're doing okay. Yeah, they're not playing for two weeks, but they're doing fine. Is 180, 108 cases across the state, does that warrant shutting it down? So that, that would be question number two for you. Then here's my third question. In all the stories that I've read about this decision yesterday by the Mass Department of Public Health, 
They want to get a better handle on how to do this, how to reopen it, and how to make it a safer environment. If you're in the hockey world, if you have a kid playing hockey, if you play hockey, maybe you're in an adult league, whatever, if you work at one of these facilities, how do you make this any better than what you were doing already? Because I've always thought when they first started talking about sports, and whether we're going to do it with high school sports or, you know, junior high, whatever, you know, just sports in general. I always thought hockey was going to be the trickiest one. Why? The only difference between hockey and football or hockey and lacrosse, as hockey is often referred to as lacrosse on ice, is that hockey's indoors. It's indoors. Football and lacrosse are outside. And so they have a leg up already based on what we think we know about coronavirus. Hockey has two, three maybe things going against it when it comes to coronavirus. One is it's a very physical contact sport, so you are hitting guys. Two is it's inside and the air quality or the freshness of the air and the sunlight, all that is removed. Three, if you've ever been around somebody that plays hockey, what do you notice first thing? First thing, Dave, you never played hockey back there in uh in our home studio today, you're in for lightning. But, Dave, let me ask you, what's the first thing you notice when you're around somebody who plays hockey? I mean, I got to say the the luscious flowing hair. That's number one for me. <laughs> and the smelly gear. Thank you. That was the one I was looking for. So thank you for getting there. I'll, I'll acknowledge, yes, luscious flowing hair on some participants. Great. It's the gear. It stinks. And do you know why it stinks? Because stuff gets trapped in there. Unlike any other. Football stuff, it's outside. It still can stink over time, I'll grant you. But there's nothing like hockey stink. And the reason why hockey stuff stinks is because you are inside. You are getting extremely hot in an extremely cold environment, and it's enclosed. And then when you get off of that environment, you go hang out with a bunch of other guys or women or whatever that have been doing the same thing. And so your stink gets on their stink, and everybody's stink is floating around. Hockey is a particularly challenging one to do. Now, what what could happen, and I know this would sound crazy, but you get into late December, you get into January, February, I, I don't think it's even in dispute. What you're going to see is a lot more people skating on ponds and on lakes, and outdoor skating is going to become a thing again, no doubt, if nothing changes between now and then. But ultimately what I want to know is how do how are you ever going to make indoor hockey coronavirus proof i mean how can you do that i will tell you this and then we'll get to your call 617-266-6868 my son uh my son is six and he wants to play hockey so right now he's in a skating class and we just got the memo this morning that that's off for the next two weeks he skates on sundays and that's off and he's going to be ticked and he's going to be pissed the way they do it now only one parent can be there And the only time you go into the rink is to get their skates on, and then you leave. And then the kids are there, and they do the class, and you know what time the class is over, and you were allowed in with, like, three minutes to go. And then you get your kid, and you get out. That's it. And yet, that's closed because it's just it's they're having problems. I don't know how you would make that any better. I don't know what you could do. By the way, you wipe equipment and you do you you know you do all your usual protocols and on the ice there's distance and in my kids' class you know they're not checking or anything. I I don't know how you're going to make it any better. 
I understand what the rules changes they made in soccer, which are kind of silly, but I okay, fine. I don't know how you do it with hockey. 617-266-6868. Let's go to the phones. Paul's in Eastie. Paul, you're next here on WRKO. Hi, VB. How you doing? Hey, Paul. You, uh, I worked for the uh, Commonwealth of Mass uh, in the uh, skating rinks, the old Metropolitan District Commission, and President Day Department of Conservation and Recreation. Yeah. I, did, uh, I played in rinks as a kid. They built all these rinks basically for Bobby Orr and the Bruins. I grew up in one in East Boston and then uh, began working in them, and then I, I managed them for many, many years. And uh, you, you pointed out a couple of very uh, astute points about, uh, you know, equipment and the, the type of building that you're in. It's true that it's a cold environment. Uh, you know, we, we have dehumidifiers that are sucking, uh, adding cold air and, and you know, add, taking hot mm-hmm. air out and, and adding cold air. So, I mean, inherently a rink is just a really carefree, carefree place when kids are in it. And even adults, it's it's small locker rooms in these buildings, and people are on top of each other. And when when you're coming off the ice, generally kids aren't thinking about any of these precautions that we're trying to take, right. you know. And I know that public skating is going to be another issue. They're already limiting, for instance, in the North End, the rink that I ran for a while. Uh, we have giant crowds over there. We get the overflow from the Frog Pond. Uh, they're limiting how many people they're going to let in the rink at one time. Yeah. It's a big public skating facility. So th- that's another issue. Uh, it- it's not – I think people inherently think because it's a cold environment that no. they were going to get away with it in, no. in, in these rinks. And and I knew it was coming. I said it's just a matter of time, knowing them the way I do. You know, Paul, I appreciate the call. i got to take a break, but, no, you're on it. And I think – I. Right now, you can get Black Friday deals all month at Herson's Kia. If you're looking for a new car, check out the great deals at Herson's Kia. They have 0% financing available and leases starting at only $99. Check them out at HersonsKia.com. No way. Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa is back. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They, they toasted, toasted six-month-old six cheddar, cheddar right onto the, the shell of a chalupa. That's genius, no delicious, no both. And now it comes in a box with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink. Whoa. Oh, sorry, this is, this is my stop. Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa box is back. Only at Taco Bell. Had limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours, and participation, which vary. Tax, extra, drinks, excludes, freezes. I don't think there's an easy solution to this thing. I think this is going to be... You're, you're either going to hold your nose and live with this, or you're just going to shut it all down. I don't know if you're going to have high school hockey teams. I don't know how this is going to go because I don't know how you make this better. 617-266-6868. Your reaction to the state shutting down for two weeks, all hockey in the Commonwealth except for colleges. It's VB. You're in the middle on WRKO. So we're talking about this news today that Massachusetts – has shut down hockey for two weeks. One of the things that 2020 has done is it's turned everything on its head. Do you realize the sort of weird aspect of this story, Dave? You should, based on where you live. You live in New Hampshire. What is New Hampshire known for? New Hampshire usually follows Massachusetts. Whatever we do, it's not soon thereafter that New Hampshire does the same thing because New Hampshire has Massachusetts envy. We all know that, right? 
But 2020 is so weird that we're actually following New Hampshire now. New Hampshire did this a week ago, almost 10 days ago now. New Hampshire had had issues with skating up in uh, the Granite State, and so they said two-week moratorium before we, while we figure this thing out. And now Massachusetts has done the exact same thing, two-week moratorium while we figure this thing out. At least New Hampshire had a good excuse because they traced it back to one person. I haven't seen that happen from Massachusetts yet. Well, they traced it back to several people. There's a couple of different locations where they're like, look, this was a particularly concerning incident. And through their contract t- contact tracing programs, they've been able to – there was one in Hanover for starters that they had to, a lot of people had to quarantine. A lot of kids had to quarantine as well. It was one person that had it, but a lot of people had to quarantine. There was another one where a ref showed up, and they think that the ref might have infected people. In any case, I I don't know what steps you can take to make it better. As as the guy, the caller before the break pointed out, you're, you're limiting access to the ice, but you can't play hockey. You have to have a certain number of people. You have to sit on the bench. The bench is going to be tight no matter what. I, I think one thing it shows you is how ridiculously lucky and or really good the NHL was and – how, if you're a hockey fan, how lucky you were that they were able to get that season in. If you're a Tampa fan, man, because it, it's very easy for that to go off the rails. And you're seeing it here. It didn't. I We have – the rinks that I know up here on the North Shore have much tighter restrictions than the NHL did. And we've got issues, allegedly, or not – I mean, we have issues. Whether we need to shut down as a result of those issues is the question. But we are. We're down for two weeks. And so then the question becomes, are they going to reopen it? And then it leads me to the broader point, though. As we deal with coronavirus and as Biden talked last night about this dark winter that's coming, I'll ask you, Dave, and then I want to open it up to the phone, 617-266-6868. Is this the beginning of shutdown central? Is this the beginning? I'm not saying we're going to have full-on lockdown, shutdown like we did before, but is this the beginning of closing stuff down because what I've told you before when it comes to this is these guys seem to get addicted to this stuff. And once they do one, it's almost like a thing. Like you got to chase it. We got to do another. We got to do another. We got to do another. Is hockey the begin, the tip of the iceberg or is hockey just the ice? That's it. I think that the tip of the iceberg is actually the maneuvering of uh, students being uh, full-time online because if you're shutting down everything, locking down everything in the middle of a school year, it's harder to transition in the middle of a school year to being all online. So I think that's a tip of the iceberg is everybody generating online soon. I feel, first of all, do you realize we were told last week, I think it was a week ago today, Marty Walsh was asked about Halloween and they said, he's, his answer was, talk to me, I'll have it for you on Tuesday. Meaning last Tuesday, it's now Tuesday came and went, Wednesday came and went. Thursday came and went, and now here we are Friday. Anybody know what Marty's plan is for Halloween? Haven't heard it. And, uh, gee, I wonder what it's going to be, considering we have a spike now in Boston, and they're not going to allow kids to go to school. You think he's going to have them go trick-or-treating if they can't go to school? My town, suck-up, is now in the red. It's for a very small percentage. There's, there's, There's 10 cases you know, we have a we're just under ten thousand in my town. Not worried in the least about it. Don't know how we have even ten cases. My town does not have any social activity at all in it, and I'm not real worried about it. But 
by the state stats, we're in the red. If we're in the red for three weeks, my kids who are in school today probably will be out of school. I can assure you I'm going to be P-I-S-S-E-D about that if that happens. Because there's no cases from school that we know of yet. They just started back. It wouldn't The numbers wouldn't have caught up that quick. But I'm nervous about them shutting that hybrid down and we're going full remote. And I'm very worried that this is... Hockey is is ahead of the curve. The curve stick in this case, and they're the beginning, not the end in any way. Dave is down in Norwell. Dave, you're next here in RKO. Hey, good afternoon, BB. How are you? Good, Dave. Yeah. Um, just got out of work and I was listening to the uh, the discussion here. And as a um, I've been a lifelong coach, and also now a parent of a young hockey player, and I'm you know I coach at the high school level, and the thing I, I want to make sure that folks out there do know is that um, hockey right now for, like you said, the young, I don't know about the younger generation, but the 14 to 18-year-old level, it's become a, it's a, a legitimate no-check league now. Mm-hmm. So they've done away with that, that contact. It's also we're, uh, mandatory that the, the kids in the Stunnerman has to have a face mask on yep. at all times. Which and is tricky for some, right? Uh, My son skated. He's six, and, man, he skates with that mask, but sometimes, like, I can barely breathe in this thing when you're going I'll good. Honest, but... though, though, I, I, I play in a men's league, and I, and I it, we've adapted just well to it. But also, if you think about it, the, the local soccer and um, field hockey teams are all yeah. wearing them out yeah. while they're playing. So it is, it is it's possible. Um, and, you know, the kids on the bench, we all have to, they have to wear them. Um, it, but it all depends upon, you know, the coaching has to make sure that especially the kids on the bench keep them that way. But the sticking point, as you were saying, is that how do we control like in the locker rooms? Because early on, they were, the uh, management programs of these ranks are doing a fantastic job, and I applaud all of them. It's just I think slowly but surely things may have gotten a teeny bit lax and maybe a little bit more comfortable. And when you group a bunch of teenagers in a, in a locker room, maybe they should spread out, you know, between two locker rooms and try to keep it down. But um, they really are making strides. So I don't know if the governor really truly needed to do away with the hockey, but I do certainly feel that maybe tighten up the belt just a wee bit would certainly um, you know, help this I, out. Well, so, Dave, I think you're on a, on a number of levels. I think this is a real warning, and this is a smarten up. And we may give you another chance. We don't know yet. We may give you another chance, but if we do, man, you had better straighten up and fly right. That's the message being sent from the state. Is it is it way too heavy-handed? I think it is. I think most of this stuff has been. I don't think the numbers justify this kind of move, but this is where they're going to go, especially in Massachusetts, and we know that because we've seen it over and over again all year. But you better take it as a wake-up call. And you better, your first job is not to coach hockey. It's to make sure that coronavirus protocols are being followed. That's it. Hockey is secondary while you're playing hockey. But it's it's how it's going to be. And if it isn't, they'll shut it down. And I'm telling you, they're going to, hockey is going to be the trickiest one of all of them. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll deal with basketball when we get there and whatever. I just think we, hockey is going to constantly be on the razor's edge. We'll see. 617-266-6868. Good call, Dave. Sorry I didn't get to everybody else. We're going to talk some food with Scott Whitley when we come back on RKO. All right, it's 2.30 on a Friday, and you know what that means if you're a fan of VB in the middle. That means we talk food as we head into the weekend. No matter what, we like to talk about grub. Scott Whitley. 
He's the host of Wicked Bites Radio every Sunday from 10 to noon here on AM680 WRKO. He's also the host of Wicked Bites TV every Saturday on SN. Hey, Scott. Hey, VB. I just got a food delivery, and I wish uh, maybe you should run by because there's only me in the office, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six sandwiches. And, and blueberry muffins. What am I going to do? <laughs> well, wait a minute. What's, what's the story? Why do you have that much food there? Did someone just randomly bring you stuff? I got a call. They said they wanted to drop me off some food. So this is from from uh, Barry's Village Deli, which is located in Wabin. Uh, so that's a little bit of a ride to get Really? To I know. And I got, I got, and they're nice and warm. I got a couple of Rubens. I got a pastrami sandwich, blueberry muffins. I got everything, so I, I'm looking forward to this. And it, maybe you should just head on over here, VB, right after the show. I, I the muffins, I the are whole what I want. family. Based on what you've said so far, the muffins are what I want. I'm, I'm all in on that. All right. Well, I'm going with the Reuben. It smells so, so good. You and I part company there. I think a Reuben is one of the most foul inventions, food wise. Why ever. would you say that? Well, let me start with this. I said a foul mm-hmm. sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I'm late to the party in this, but have you seen this sandwich out of San Francisco yet? No. Some chef out there has done a chicken, a fried chicken sandwich with coleslaw on it, which is why I wouldn't eat it normally. However, this particular one, you've got to Google this almost immediately. He's got the chicken's foot as part of the chicken that's fried. So the sandwich is there, and there's like this big chicken patty, and then there's a fried chicken's feet sticking out of the patty. And then he's got a bun on top of it. So, so that's like when you go over to Europe and you and you get like a, a shrimp scampi, and they leave the tail and the head on the shrimp. This yes, is which is on. awful. Yeah, I, I I could pass on that. It uh, got, I, this has gotten I, played I because the guy said it. it's rare that I shake hands with my sandwich, but he took a picture of him like grabbing one of the talons and he's shaking it. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking. Is there a circumstance in which I would order this? And I think I would order it just so I could take a picture of it. I'm not sure I could eat it, though. I see it now. The the, the claw is fried. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess everything's better when you deep fry it, but I don't know. Well, I know in Asian cultures they eat, they do the chicken's feet thing, and that's like a big thing on New Year's, for example. Um, and I know there's a large Asian population in San Francisco, so maybe the thing works. I don't know. I could you take a bite out of that? No. <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, it, is it really chewy? I don't know. I've never had it. I've never had a chicken's feet. I've never had a pig's knuckle. I've never. There's certain. Why would I'm, you, though? I know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to share that up to our Facebook page. Yeah, it's called the Bird Box in San Francisco. So, Which yeah, is a no, good I name. That's that. a real good name. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't. It's not free ranged anymore <laughs> i don't think i could do <laughs> the things that people do <laughs> let's that's fry the right. foot with the chicken this will get us some attention it sure did that's for sure yeah, um yeah. I, i'm ex- i got some exciting news this weekend on the radio show yeah i will talk with restaurants sort of throughout the two hours of the show that have opened up during the covid period talk about a difficult time to launch wow. a restaurant yeah, we have several restaurants and a bagel shop that we'll talk with. It's going to open up a couple of more. I can see bagel shops doing well. Yes. Uh, but there's a cafe out in East Broad, Bridgewater we'll talk with. Uh, they opened up, like, in April. Oh. <laughs> Not a great time. There's a treasury restaurant in Burlington. 
Now, it's, it's an Indian and Greek restaurant at the same time, and they just opened up recently. They're doing fairly well, uh, but we'll find out more about it. And the Ravens Grill, uh, which is located in Lowell. So those are just some of the places that we're going to talk with on the, on the radio show this Sunday. I, I can't imagine opening up in a worse time. The only thing I can think of is that because maybe you don't have anything to compare it to, you know, it might be harder if you've been in business for three years and you can see the losses, you know, compared to year over year. That might be that gut punch that you just can't. But if you don't even know, you're like, look, business is slow. But, you know, we we remember. Right now, you can get Black Friday deals all month at Hurston's Kia. If you're looking for a new car, check out the great deals at Hurston's Kia. They have 0% financing available and leases starting at only $99. Check them out at HurstonsKia.com. Remember those years ago when we used to be killing it? That's where it gets really tough, assuming you can pay your bills, of course. But maybe if you don't have anything to compare it to, you're like, all right, whatever. I mean, this is crazy, but this is how we're doing it. Yeah, I guess your opening day is your best day ever, so your first day. So then <laughs> no, normally a restaurant is really busy those first 60 to 90 days when they open yeah. up. Everybody wants to try them. Everybody makes their opinion, and then yeah. they really slow down after that. I, I can't even imagine what it's like right now if you're in the restaurant business and you open up a place uh, and not knowing what to expect minute to minute. And, of course, you got to worry about every Friday's press conference. Right. Everything – the idea of just opening a restaurant, period, and all that goes into that is crazy. And then you've got to follow all these protocols when you barely know what you're doing in the first place. It is, it's right. it's insane. I mean, it's a great story. I root for every one of these places, whether they've opened for 30 years or they've opened for 30 minutes. I mean, I'm pulling for all of them. I, you just are nervous as hell about it. All right. As fast as we're losing restaurants, they're, start, they're still coming around, and we're getting new ones. Basically, they've been in the works it's just they picked a bad time. One restaurant, uh, I know they took 10 months to do con- construction. It should have taken three. And by uh, the time they opened up, it was March, like, 3rd. And they stayed open for about a week and a half. And that was it. But they're now yeah. just opening up again. So, I mean, it's it's just tough. And we, when you don't have that loyal customer base that knows you, uh, to support you, to do takeout or whatever, they, they don't have that. So it, it's it's going to be a struggle. But that's what we're going to talk about uh, this Sunday morning. So I look forward to that, and I invite callers to call in or restaurants to call in during that show that have opened up and let me know their experiences and what they're doing. Uh, I, we, we both live fairly close to each other. I don't know if you've been to Salem in the last week or so, but, of course, Charlie Baker's telling you, don't go to Salem. You're a monster if you go to Salem. So I was there a couple of days ago. I, there's an ice cream shop there that my kids like, so I went to pick up some ice cream for them. I had been there – uh, maybe a month ago, and when I went there, I just went in. I said, hey, can I get this? And they said, yeah, and, you know, we did the transaction in the store. I went there this week, and with everything that's going on in Salem and how they're trying to discourage you from just living, you couldn't go in the place. You had to go around the corner to this little alley, and then you had to get it through a takeout window, and you couldn't even go in the place, even though – when you when I went in there before, you know the, the place is tiny. There can only be like three or four of you in it. So what, what's the problem? And, and now that it's in the fall, not too many people are doing it anyway. But they've changed right. it to where you can't even go in now. Uh, right, uh, and you know it's going to get worse before it gets better. They all say that, and it's true because now we're coming into the the flu season. So a lot of these towns are going to get more and more cases. More towns are going to go into the red. Uh, as the season gets going, and Salem is, you know, it's a city, so there's a lot more people. North Andover's in the red. 
Mainly I'm in the red now. We just went in the yeah. red the other day. We're right next door to you guys, and we're all, we're yeah. all in the red up here pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we had Merrimack College, and, and it kind of went rampant through the dorms there, but not much into the town itself, but mm-hmm. that puts us into the red. Yeah, it's terrible. It so, just is. So, yeah. All right, and, let's do this. Uh, yeah. What time on Sunday, 10 to noon, right? 10 to noon right here on WRKO and also live up on Facebook, Wicked Bites TV on Facebook. You can watch the uh, radio show live every Sunday. And what time on Nesson tomorrow? Uh, 9.30, we're going to talk uh, some comfort food, some diners, and I'll take you up to the Stumble Inn up in New Hampshire, and we'll show you some of the outdoor stuff they have going on. Such a great name, too, the Stumble Inn. Love it. And you stumble out as well. <laughs> you stumble go. in, stumble out. All right, Scott, we'll talk next week, my friend. Always good chatting. Let me know how that chicken foot sandwich is. Well, I, well I'm not going to probably try that. I'm going to have to eat a couple of Rubens and some stuff first. Enjoy those. Save me those. By the way, I should tell you, a friend of mine texted, Barry's has the best corned beef I've ever put in my mouth. You're a fool if you don't Mm -hmm. go get one of those sandwiches. Yeah. Well, I got two, so you better get down here. I'm about five (laughs) minutes from you. I don't think I can make it. They'll be gone by then. All right. I will talk next week. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. 617-266-6868. That is Scott Whitley. When we come back, Have you seen this story of the Headless Horseman playing a guitar in Concord? We're going to get to the bottom of that from the horseman himself. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. So there is a phenomenon going on in the town of Concord, Massachusetts right now, and we got to get to the bottom of this or to the top of it, as the case were. It is inappropriately named considering what it is, but he is referred to as the Concord Headless Horseman, only this guy doesn't ride a horse. He's more a Concord's headless bike rider. There's a guy riding a bike while dressed as the Headless Horseman while playing a guitar, and this is happening in Concord, Massachusetts. I thought, you know what? This is just crazy enough. we got to find out what's going on. That man, Matthew Dunkel, is on the WRKO listener line right now. Hey, Matthew, welcome to VB in the Middle. Hey, thanks very much for having me on. How you doing? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's a little weird. Uh, I've been the source of uh, a lot of local buzz for about five years. I've been riding around doing different phenomenal things, but uh, everyone's really interested in this uh, recent iteration of my Slam Dunkle project, and I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. It's a little weird. It's a little crazy, but... Uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. So, first of all, for those that haven't seen this, your bike, we're not talking like a 10-speed state-of-the-art. This bike looks like the kind of bike you'd see Butch Cassidy or the Sundance Kid ride. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's an old-time classic cruiser. Yeah, it has the wider tires and the big, uh, the wide handlebars. Yeah. And so you've been doing this for like five years. I saw that uh, in one of the stories on you, and I thought... If you were doing this for press, it took a while for them to finally catch up to you. Exactly, yeah. So there was a story in the Wicked Local Concord back in 2017 uh, that was kind of, you know, just a little like, you know, who's this guy, you know. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's been really just kind of uh, word of mouth and, and all that. So, Well, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What is the, what is the reason for all of this? So I guess I sort of realized that I didn't have to wait for somebody to say, hey, show up here, and we're going to do a concert here, and, you know, you're going to perform here. You know, you can just 
kind of perform whenever you want to. And so I uh, turned my 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 leisure my leisure uh, bike ride into like a performance, you know. And um, it, it started uh, giving me joy, you know. It, it just seeing people waving and smiling and laughing, uh, it, it really kind of it it energized me. It gave me purpose, and I really enjoyed that. We're talking to the headless horseman of Concord, Massachusetts. Uh, you may have seen him on the local news this week. It's just—it's a really funny, quirky, what the hell kind of story. <laughs> and we're trying to get to the bottom of this thing. Has it always been the headless horseman, or do you wear other outfits during other times of the year? So uh, last year, I painted my bike black and I did a little bit of a Batman thing. And then I started thinking it would be really sensational to do the Headless Horseman. So I bought the costume thinking I was going to do it for Halloween uh, of 2019. But the last minute I got cold feet. I was worried that it was going to be dangerous. Uh, But uh, then fast forward to the beginning of the shutdown, uh, April 5th, you know, I realized there weren't many cars on the road and we were all being told to wear masks. So it was a perfect uh, perfect opportunity for me to get out there on the road and try this headless horseman thing, uh, you know, because you know before I used to ride around in a speedo and play the, uh, playing the trumpet on the bike. So you know, uh, riding around during the pandemic wearing a speedo and playing the trumpet wasn't really uh, <laughs> no it didn't seem yeah you know it just you know I could be spreading droplets I could be you know potentially infecting someone or getting infected so. So, yeah, I, I, I saw it as an opportunity. So I've been doing it since April as the headless horseman. Well, you said, you know, you thought if you did it last year, it might be a little too dangerous. It turns out, if I read these stories right, it's not as easy to ride a bike headless as you might think. You have actually taken some tumbles. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've had a couple of serious falls um, doing this over the last five years. Um, but as the headless horseman, I haven't had any real falls. I've done some less than graceful things i've you know stopped short i've uh i've almost broken my handlebars uh you know i've scratched the bike up a little bit but i've never uh broken open uh my knee or anything like that so i want to see the video of you you've taken a spill you've fallen off the side of the road and you get up (laughs) and you're rubbing the top of your non-head you're rubbing the stump of your knee (laughs) oh that one hurt (laughs) yeah i mean you know it Technically, I'm dead already. You know, I don't have a head, so you know what could what could ha- what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so after Halloween, do, do we put this thing away, or do we just keep doing it, or what's the plan? Uh, I didn't really think about it until about uh, two weeks ago. Somebody stopped me and they said, "Hey, hey, horseman, come over here." And he said, "Hey, did you know that this year is the 200th anniversary of the original yeah. Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving?" And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. And he said, yeah, so you're going to need a new costume for next year. And so, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, and if you and if you maybe, like, are superstitious, you could say, like, if I put away that costume, maybe the coronavirus will go away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you know, to blame. Like, you did right. this. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe after Halloween I'll just put it away and I'll figure something else out new. What I think would be really cool is, like, a uh, – what do they call a straight jacket, you know, like riding yeah. around with a straight jacket, you know, like uh, your <laughs> arms are tied around your body. You know, I think that would be pretty sensational, too. Maybe. I don't know. Do you have any so, ideas? 
Well, let's go back for a second because you said, you know, the guy pulled you over and said that to you. There have to be other things that people have said that have been memorable to you within, obviously, the confines of the FCC. Is there anything you can share with us that you the comments that you've gotten while you're doing this? Yeah, sure. Um, um, somebody just yesterday said, hey, uh, go get your head, you know, like go, go get go, uh, go find your head or get a new head or something like that. Uh um, is there anybody that's not in, uh, not up on the, like, in other words, that are irritated at you because they're just that person that doesn't like anything out of the norm. So they're like, bleep you, get out of here. So I, I do, I do get the impression that some people don't appreciate it sometimes. Cause you know, I'm riding and you know, I'll, I'll try to ride on the sidewalk as much as possible. But if I see a pedestrian up ahead, I get out in the road and then there's parked cars and you kind of get have to, you know, so you get in the way of some traffic sometimes, and, and the way people pull around me sometimes, it makes me think that they're in a rush to get somewhere, and I might have slowed them down. And, and if you're that person, I apologize. I, I didn't mean to do it. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, the videos I've seen of you, there's never a pumpkin involved. On Halloween Day, are we going to have the actual head with you? Let, let's see, maybe. Yeah, do you think that would be a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You better check with yeah, your local well, constabulary. <laughs> I thought about painting the guitar, uh, making like a jack-o'-lantern on the guitar. I think, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how that would go over. But I what I do love is that it's just totally random and... If nothing else, when somebody goes by you, they got to be going, hey, what the hell? And what the hell is generally a good thing to have as a reaction, I think. So I applaud you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> now, is there a website or anywhere, a YouTube channel or anything you want to promote here where people can see what yeah. you're up to? Sure, absolutely. If you um, are on Facebook, you can find me on Slam Dunkle at D-U-N-K-L-E. And uh, that has some videos up there. Uh, you can comment on any of my videos. Um, I also have a website, slamdunkle.com. And, uh, yeah, just uh, stop and say hi. I, I love getting feedback from, from uh, the people. And, and if you have any videos or pictures, uh, put them up there. I'd love to see uh, what, what you guys have uh, up there. All right, Matthew, keep riding in Concord. Be safe. As they say, don't lose your head. He's never heard that one before. <laughs> Concord's headless horseman. I had to know. All right, Howie Car Show's coming up next. Much more on the debates. Have a great weekend, everybody. Monday at noon lets you and me meet right back here in the middle. <laughs>